What's going on, everybody? Mike Nicastro, Jordan York, you're locked into another episode of the Sick Podcast. Steelers, crazy. We're really excited to bring on a guest who can tell you a lot about the Buffalo Bills, of course, as the Steelers head into Buffalo as a 14-and-a-half-point mm. underdog this Sunday. Yes, it still does not feel real. Jordan, does your life feel real right now? You're decked out in Pittsburgh gear. Steelers hat, Pirates jersey, terrible towel behind you. Yeah, I'm just living the Yinzer dream. Everything everything is good. The temperature here, 70 degrees about, and then tomorrow it, it will be 45, 50. So that's welcome to Pittsburgh. Everything good except the Steelers being one and three, of course. We're all sick yeah. about that. I didn't want to say anything, but you just you just pulled it out of me. I pulled it out of you. I'm sorry. Let's bring on a guy who will talk about Buffalo Bills, what to expect, of course, this Sunday as the Steelers head into a really, really tough environment. When we come back, it's Nate Geary. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers crazy. Aaron Smith shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Cool beans. You can hear him on WGR 550, and make sure you follow him on Twitter while you're at it, at Nate Geary Sports. He's the pregame and halftime show host, the Buffalo Bills, on WGR 550. It is none other than Nate Geary. Hi, Nate. Fellas, how are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You know, uh... Northeast weather, I don't got to explain it to you guys. It sounds like you guys are having a little bit nicer weather than us, but it's fully, it's fall. It's fall around these parts. Yeah. Buffalo Bills weather, man. It's Pittsburgh Steelers weather, that's for sure. So, you know, I got to start off by asking, Nate, have you ever jumped through a table and why do you regret that decision? No regrets. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I I was a season ticket holder – Shoot, it would be 2012 to 2015, 2011 to 2015, um, maybe 2020 to 2015. And in my time as a season ticket holder before I you know, did stuff on game days with GR, um, I would have gone through many a table in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Nothing but respect on this end, uh, in all honesty. We've seen some pretty crazy tailgates as well, <laughs> Jordan, uh, I, I could say. That probably... Yeah best to keep it PG on this podcast uh, (laughs) at the current moment. All right, Nate, let's get into the game a little bit. The Bills are 14 and a half point favorites currently as we stand over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not sure if Jordan's going to take a sharp bet on that action to get that number to go down as we get closer to Sunday. However, the Steelers haven't been this big of an underdog since about World War II. So, Nate, I'm expecting the Bills to just kind of mosey in, not care about getting any sleep the night before, you know, walk in the park, right? Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, they do a pretty good job of sort of straddling that company line of like the next game is the most important game because it's the next game. They, you know, Josh Allen was on his podcast with Kyle Brandt this week and, you know, Brandt kind of, you know, mentioned, oh, well, Kansas City, the big game next week. And he's like, hand on God, didn't even know we played Kansas City. I don't know if I believe that. Um, but Josh, Josh wow. plays a good, he, he, he plays a, he, he plays a good poker game. Um, but I, I would say 14 and a half points is absurd for the NFL. 
Uh, part of that is rookie quarterback making his first NFL start in Buffalo. It's going to be a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Good fall weather here in Western New York. Um, I, you know, if if I was going to bet the sort of the over under and, and and sort of bet the spread in this game, which I'll probably stay away from entirely, um, I would probably bet that Pittsburgh covers. Um, and the only reason being is I think the Bills right now are are sort of also teetering the line of having a bunch of guys back, but also kind of recognizing this franchise at least in the Sean McDermott era, does not rush guys with soft tissue injuries back. Um, Jordan Phillips was a limited participant in practice. It'd be really great to get him back. Um, he has been dynamic um, in his return to Buffalo. Played here two years ago, signed that big contract to go to Arizona. Didn't really hear from him a lot in, in his first three games this year. Um, I mean, it was a thing of beauty seeing him back in a Bills uniform. Ed Oliver, who was kind of maybe most tabbed to have the big outbreak season, um, for the Bills, has been out since week one uh, with an ankle injury. He's projected to potentially be back this way. We know Jordan Poyer um, earlier this week um, had an injury, a rib injury that he sustained late in that football game last week um, in the game-winning interception in the end zone against the Ravens. So we'll see if he gets back. Dawson Knox has been banged up. This is a really banged-up football team that is trying to get healthy and sustainably healthy. So I think you can see a lot of guys that are like, that are kind of like questionable or probable. I know that designation's gone in the NFL, but would be probable. Probably don't play this week, and it's not just to, to, just to say like, well, we know we're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They stink. We don't have to put our best players out there. I think really they want to make sure that this team is 100% healthy as it moves into December um, and, and hopefully January and February. So um, with that said, it, I, I suspect this game will be closer than, than Vegas odds are, are, are currently placing it at. You talked about Dawson Knox, one of those big-time offensive weapons for Josh Allen. Tell us a little bit about – Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, how are they trending? So Gabe Davis um, has been kind of dealing with and playing through an ankle injury. Uh, you could see it's affecting him. He's not 100%. He's this team's most dynamic deep ball um, threat, and they've missed that, I think, pretty badly over the first three weeks of the season, not having that. The offense has really scaled back a lot of what they do down the field and, and have just the way the teams are defending them with the two-deep safety. Right now, they don't have that take-off-the-top-of-the-defense guy, um, and it's definitely affecting the way defenses are defending the Bills. And as for Dawson Knox, dealing with a hamstring and foot injury, the foot injury has been something he's been sort of dealing with since the start of the season. Hamstring is new to last week. I think he'll be a game-time decision. I would not be surprised if you do not see Dawson Knox go. But in terms of both of those guys and how important they are to the offense, I think, you know, right now the Bills offense is still top five in terms of efficiency and top five in a lot of the major, you know, volume metrics. But this is an offense that went into the season – thinking that they were going to use the running back more in the passing game. And they drafted James Cook in the second round, and they have not really either A, trusted him, or B, integrated him in a way that I think they probably planned on doing early in the season. They've been really exclusively thrown to Devin Singletary, who is a nice player, just kind of lacks that explosiveness after the catch. So there's not a lot of yards after catch when Devin Singletary gets his hands on the ball and their big primary deep threat in Gabriel Davis. So this offense has had to sort of maneuver around and find ways. Nothing's been easy for them. And I don't suspect it'll be any easier this week. I know no TJ Watt and I know the record without TJ Watt in the lineup and so on and so forth. But there's, there's a lot of respect um, from this franchise, from Josh Allen, from, from Ken Dorsey for how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is and, and just how dynamic uh, Mick Fitzpatrick is in that defensive backfield. You are watching the Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy, of course, brought to you by Sick Podcast over here. Follow us on YouTube, the Sick Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Sick Pod Steelers. That's Jordan. I'm Mike. This is Nate Geary, great pregame and halftime show host on w WGR 550 up there in Buffalo. 
Nate, certainly something I got to ask about is that game last season, first game of the year, Steelers mm-hmm. come into Buffalo, pull off a, a major upset, sort of what they're looking to do this Sunday. What resonates with you from that game? Um, a few things. I, you know, listen, I think the Steelers had the luxury of catching the Bills in week one. There wasn't a lot of film on what the Steelers were going to do defensively. And, and I heard Josh talk about it this week, just saying like, you know, going into that game, we really kind of thought that the Steelers were going to blitz the heck out of us. We'd prepared for that. Um, and they didn't, and they dropped back in that two deep zone and they let TJ Watts sort of win one-on-one battles. Uh, and, and in that game, you know, the, uh, after that game really kind of forced the Bills to take a look in the mirror. A lot of shuffling on the offensive line. Um, Darrell Williams in that game, who started the season at right tackle, got bumped down to guard. We saw their rookie third-round pick, Spencer Brown, kind of slotted to that right tackle position for the remainder of the season. But all in all, um, what that matchup last year forced the Bills to do is kind of take a look in the mirror at – what they do offensively, how they line up, the five wide sets, um, they really were not able to protect Josh um, the way that they wanted to protect him. And and I think, you know, that was really sort of the beginning of seeing teams, how they wanted to, it was the blueprint for how to slow down the Bills offense and throwing up those two high safeties and, and forcing the Bills to just kind of methodically dink and dunk you down the field. Now, the Bills have been able to do that. Um, you know, in that Miami game two weeks ago, they ran 90 plays. Josh Allen threw 63 times and threw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got slowed down when it, when it came down to crunch time in the red zone. A lot of that, just their inability to run the football effectively. And that is sort of been the maintaining um, and sort of consistent issue with this Bills offense is just finding efficient ways to run the football when it's not Josh Allen. And right now, Josh Allen accounts for about 85% of this <laughs> Buffalo Bills offensive output. And it's not a sustainable percentage. Um, that has to be way closer to 75% if this Bills offense is going to be dynamic going into January. Um, because if you're asking Josh Allen to run the ball 10, 15 times a game and throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, uh, I don't care how big and how strong he is, that's going to wear you down when it comes down to crunch time at the end of the year. Josh Allen, obviously a first-round pick, was probably gone above and beyond anybody's expectations. Uh, this guy's an MVP candidate, going to be one of the best players in the league for a long time. Steelers are hoping that their first-round pick quarterback, Kenny Pickett, can sort of get to the same level at some point. I heard a quote from Vaughn Miller. I don't know. It might have been yesterday or early today. He's a smart guy. He's a good leader. He was talking about Kenny Pickett saying, I know we're underdogs. And Vaughn's like, what do you mean? Nobody's calling you guys underdogs. You know, playing that leadership card really well. What has Vaughn brought to this team, man, so far? Obviously, we we admire him from afar generally as uh, not only a guy on the field, but a, a as I mentioned, just a leader, just a dude uh, on anybody's roster. I think a lot of people here in Buffalo, uh, if you ask any media member, especially guys in the beat that are there at practice every day and were there for OTAs and mini camps, and, and as you got into you know mandatory mini camp and training camp, there was just this constant desire to be a role model for the young players at the at his position on this team, and this is a. Listen, Brandon Bean has invested more assets into their defensive line than just about any position group, and particularly at defensive end, than any position group on the team. I mean, you've got a second-round pick in A.J. Epinesa, a second-round pick in Boogie Basham, um, formerly a first-round pick that they brought back in, Sha- in Shaq Lawson, and obviously Gregory Russo, who is um, really blossoming into the player that I think the Bills fans had secretly hoped he would be um, when they drafted him at late in the first round last year, but has fully uh, bought into everything that, that Von Miller has sort of worked with him on. And and I think that's 
you're starting to see strides in Boogie Basham's game. And right now, the Bills have three of the top 10 in terms of pass rush efficiency um, players in the league in terms of pressure pressure rate per snap in the league. Uh, Boogie Basham was number one going into last week. I haven't seen the updated numbers. Boogie Basham was one. Von Miller was two. And Gregory Rousseau was seven. Um, so if that doesn't tell you that the the return on investment they're getting from the edge position, I don't know what does. And a lot of that has to be contributed to Von Miller coming in and really being a guy that the young guys in that room have really wanted to just adopt and, and, and taken all the information like a sponge. And um, it's not like Von Miller walked in here and said, I'm Von Miller. Um, see on Sunday. He really bought in and he's got his pass rush academy that he runs every year as pass rush summit. He had an every defensive end on the roster at the summit. And I think that was a huge learning experience. And now, right now through four games, Gregory Russo has four sacks through four games. Boogie Basham has two and a half sacks through four games. AJ Epinesa has really started to take strides at a position where he went through a complete body transformation, lost 35 pounds um, after his rookie season. Um, this team really wanted him to play at a much lighter weight than he was at Iowa. And he's learning how to play with his body and skill set. Gregory Rousseau, I think by the end of the year this year, you could be looking at a guy that you're saying, is this a top 10 player at the defensive end position in football? And if that's the case, you got Von Miller, who's one of the best speed, uh, speed edge rushers in the league combined with Gre I think, you know, Gregory Rousseau, who I think ended the last last year as a top 10 edge run defender, if he can add the things we've seen early on the season and, and scale that for the rest of the year, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a very long time. He's 21 years old. No question about it. Steelers had three turnovers on Sunday, Jordan. I'm going to add to that. I'm going to turn it over to you right now. I'm going to take Nate's advice. I'm going right to the sports book, betting the Steelers. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So my, so Mike had to run, so I'll finish out the show, but yeah, I mean, it's it's good to get insight. We like bringing other guys on. You know, we're all fans of the NFL. We're all fans of football. I respect Bills Mafia. Um, I watch a lot of NFL films, so that's why we had to ask you about the you know the tradition of the you know the tailgating. But moving on to the game, if you were around the team, you know what what is what is the Bills' biggest weakness mm -hmm. if they had one that you would say. Um, you know, right now defensively is not a lot you can look at. I mean, they stopped the run with the best of them. They really, since Sean McDermott's got here in 2017, I think I saw some statistics. They're the best pass defense in football since in almost every major category, uh, passing touchdowns, given up yards per game, given up volume yards, uh, yards per attempt, yards per completion, um, in the NFL, whether you're a rookie quarterback or a veteran quarterback, they've really done a good job. And now they've got the compliment of having a legit pass rush, um, something they've been chasing for the last couple of years. Obviously, you no know, Micah Hyde is really kind of hurting that, but I thought um, Demar Hamlin has stepped in really admirably. Has played yeah. very well alongside guy. Jordan. University yeah, University of Pittsburgh, and and and, and Dane Jackson, another guy um, yeah. that another University yeah. of Pitt guy. I'm that, glad he's doing well. That was that was really really tough to watch. I was watching that game live and just obviously watching him in college. And you know, I root for these guys in the NFL, and that that was just a oh. Man, it was, but I'm glad to see he's doing well. He's been such a good story here in Buffalo, too. I mean, uh, a seventh round pick and, and a guy that, you know, I don't think had a lot of expectations on him, but little by little worked and worked and worked. And uh, I mean, mm -hmm. he found himself in a position to start this year. And if Tredavious White was hurt or if Tredavious White was healthy, um, Dane Jackson be this team's number two corner over a first round pick um, that was why that was highly, you know, touted in Kyrie Elam. And, and the sixth rounder, Christian Benford, who's been out with a hand injury, has been the talk of training camp. And I, I, I do think Dane Jackson would end up starting over him. But if I were to point to one, weakness 
I think it would probably be on the offensive side of the ball, um, the Bills running game. And and the Bills haven't necessarily been like, we're going to run the ball 30 times regardless of the success rate. You know, we saw against um, the Miami Dolphins, they ran 90 offensive plays. They dropped back to pass 70, 72 times, um, mm-hmm. you know, and attempting a throw on 63 of those 74 dropbacks, I think it was. Um, so this is a team that will throw the football regardless of whether or not they're, you know, having success on the ground. But they want to run the football. They just haven't really found that success. And, you know, I think the Dolphins had some success also blitzing the Bills, um, getting after them and forcing them down to their hot route and, and sort of forcing them to dink and dunk you and be perfect on the field. So I think if there's a weakness, it's, you know, kind of loading um, the the secondary and forcing the Bills to and giving them looks to run the football because they haven't even really been able to take advantage of light run boxes either. So I think if, if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Brian Flores, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm looking at this situation and I'm saying, we're not blitzing this team. Uh, we're going to drop seven. We're going to drop eight back in coverage, and we're going to give you run looks and force you to, to try to beat us on the ground because they just really have not uh, proven to anybody that they've been able to do that consistently. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something that the Steelers are still trying to find. And, uh, you know, it's still early in the season, but it's just like when you're like covering it and, you know, being a part of it, I'm, as I'm sure you can relate, it it already feels like it's like we're already re- ready for the playoffs because it's just like yeah. and you're like, holy crap, it's only week four. So we'll move on. Just give me some of your key matchups that you're looking forward to in the game, maybe one on the offense and one on the defensive side of the ball. I'll start uh, Bill for the Bills offensively, and it's going to be right in the middle. Cam Hayward is still one of the best defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen in all of football. This is an interior part of the Bills offensive line right now that's still trying to find its way. They they went out this offseason, signed Roger Saffold. Uh, mixed reviews. I mean, he was a pro bowler last season, but he's 34 years old. I don't think anybody was expecting him to walk in here to be an all pro pro bowl type level player, but they wanted somebody to solidify the left side. I think he's been good, not great. Um, and Ryan Bates, the guy that they matched their RFA tender, the Chicago bears this off season, um, tendered him and the bills matched it as an RFA. And the move to right tackle from, or I'm sorry, to right guard from left guard last season, coming in for an injured Ike Butker has been okay, but he is not a power, you know, downhill uh, run blocker by any means. And and really neither is anybody on this offensive line. So um, that matchup with Cam Hayward um, and this Bill's interior offensive line, whether he lines up on the right side or the left side and the tackle position right now, um, you know, Spencer Brown, the Bill's third round pick really, I mean, as le- as athletic of an offensive lineman as you're going to get in the NFL has struggled um, against power, spe- against power uh, bull rush. So if they line up Cam, Cam Hayward on the outside and put him over a guy like a, a young player like Spencer Brown, that could be a big matchup this week. And then the other side, um, you know, I think it's right now, it, it's hard to look at anybody on that defense and not immediately look to Micah Fitzpatrick, who I still think is the premier safety in the all of football. And, and obviously he's better when you've got TJ Watt in the front end. So, you know, he, he's kind of a little bit more free and isn't being cued on as much. Cause I mean, let's be honest, offenses are the first guy they're circling is TJ Watt. And, and I mean, for good reason, he's the best pass rusher in football. Um, I think he's one of the best defensive players in football. And then you throw Minka Fitzpatrick back there in the secondary. So whether he's lined up over the Bills tight end, whether that is a healthy Dawson Knox, we'll have to see come Sunday. Um, or a guy that, you know, maybe you should familiarize yourself uh, with in Quentin Morris, um, a, a Mac guy, somebody that um, really worked hard this offseason, gained the respect of his teammates and made the roster as this team's number two tight end. Um, I think that matchup could could loom large, and 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 we'll we'll kind of see what what Fitzpatrick does because I know he roams around. He'll play the slot position. He'll line up over the Bills, Isaiah McKenzie. Um, he'll line up over wide receivers, fullbacks, running backs, you name it. Um, and I also wouldn't 
be surprised at all to see if Mika Fitzpatrick is asked to be a, a box defender and almost as like a, a spy against Josh yeah. Allen if, if if Allen gets going in the run game. Yeah, definitely. Um I definitely agree with him. Like I said, I know how strong of a team you guys got. And obviously Josh Allen is basically up for MVP. Um, so we always like to end with two sentences. So you just, it's like a play on words. So the bills will win if you can simplify it or you can, you know, give a, give a long thing all about how you feel. Okay. The bills will win. The Bills will win if they can finally establish their running attack and get going on the ground it, yeah. and and right and get Devin Singletary involved. Maybe try to find a way to get their their rookie James Cook involved as well. Do you, do you think they can do it? Is the question. Do you have faith? Uh, Cam Hayward's going to be a, a a tough matchup, man. He he just is. Um. Uh, so I, I if if you're telling me, um, are they going to run for a hundred yards on the ground and not have Josh Allen play a big piece? I don't know, but I, I, I think they're, they owe it to themselves to, and I know they, they've really not given James Cook many opportunities and in the opportunities he's had, he's yeah. not made plays. He either had drops, he had a fumble on his first carry. So I think there's there, they, they wanted to ease him in the easing in hasn't gone well. Um, but I like, if they can't figure things out, they've got Duke Johnson waiting on the practice squad. Um, they got to make a move if Zach Moss or, or, or James Cook can't seem to step up. And the move would be to move Zach Moss, put him on waivers and see if he clears and you can get him back to the practice squad. Um, but they just, both of those guys have really been ineffective. So, um, getting them, you know, those guys going, I think it'd be a big, big key in this game. Yeah. You would think like now, cause that's what the Steelers dilemma was this year, like with Benny Snow. And then we ended up signing uh Jalen Warren and he made the 53 man roster is, Having such a solid RB2 in the NFL nowadays is just such like a, a big, I just feel that it's neglected a lot of the times. It is. Because, um, you know, we really didn't even know. You should definitely know who that is because, yeah, like Najee for us, like he could he could handle the bulk of the carries and say, yeah, I want to do it. But when you're banged up, you're banged up. And, and that's just the way it goes. But so we'll end on this one. The Steelers will win if. Maybe that um, man right there. I would think, but I, I might even go to the other side of the football. I would say the Steelers will win if they're able to get off the field on third down. Um, right now, the Bills are the number one team on uh, in, in terms of conversions on third down in football in week one. They went nine of ten, um, and they, they're very aggressive on fourth down. So if you can keep the Bills in the third and medium, third and long range, third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, um, and get off the field, they'll punt the football away. But if you give the bills third and one third and two, you get a stop and they've got a fourth and one fourth and two situation yeah. short of them being on the, being in the shadow of their own goalposts. The bills are the most aggressive team on fourth down in all the football. So they will go in a lot of those situations, but get off the field on third down and you'll have a good chance of beating the bills on Sunday. Yeah. And I agree with that. The only reason why I say that I think the Steelers are going to win, not just because I'm a Steelers fan is simply because they get up for games like these. Like we lose to the jets. We lose to, you know, the Browns and then we'll beat the bills. Like, just like we did when we went yeah. in there, that's just how the Steelers all being a Steelers fan. Like, I don't know what it is to like watch a blowout. Like give me like 43, 17 or something. It just doesn't happen. It's heart attack city every week, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the uh, football fan. That's just the, the passion in us. But Nate, we really appreciate you coming on. My if pleasure. you want to tell the people, uh, just give a drop for yourself where they can check out your work. And uh, you know, we're really fortunate and your expertise was great, man. And you're watching yep. the sick podcast. And uh, after he gives his little hurrah, just make sure you subscribe and uh, check us out. Steelers crazy.
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nakeery Sports. I also do a uh, a cool little podcast every Friday night uh, at 9 p.m. It's live. Uh, I, I tweet out the link every Friday night. It's called Food for Thought. It's the, I would like to think, the only podcast that has successfully uh, inverted fo- football and food together wow. in one podcast. Sign me up. Um, that sounds amazing. It's it's a it's a unique experience. Very niche, uh, but if you're into that kind of thing, you can. You stop do like tailgate food. Like we, we we do we do a little bit of everything. Like you guys have like the bills win if we do we yeah. try to compare we call it a food simile. We compare okay. how we're feeling about the bills upcoming game to a food or a food experience. Oh man, um, which is really cool. So we've been doing it for over a year and we've not run out of creativity yet. So uh, until great. that day comes, uh, it's a really cool neat podcast. If you want to check us out, against at the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, we also do live video as well. So check us out at uh, buffalorumblings.com. Definitely. And hey, we might be foes on Sunday, but we're uh, we're fans and we appreciate having you. NFL fall time. It's the greatest time in the world. Can't can't tell me otherwise, man. We thanks for having you. This is the Steelers crazy podcast, a sick production. I am JY might had to scoot out for a little bit, but he'll be back next week for the Chris Wormley and friend show. We have giveaways and more. Um, it's just going to be a great month. So we're excited to bring on uh, a lot of people just to break down. And then we have Chris Wormley himself who's in the locker room and some of his friends. So make sure you subscribe, follow us, all that good stuff at the sick podcast Steelers. Here we go. Steelers. It's Kenny Pickett time. Start building the statue. Sammy play that thing and we'll see you next week. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.